Hello and welcome back to I Wish I Was You. My guest today is Jamel Duan Alatis. He's an artist and founder and we are going to be talking about figuring out your goals in life, staying on track and taking care of yourself. It's a really nice episode, one that I've taken a lot away from and I hope you do too. So without further ado, here's Jamel. We met about four years ago, very briefly, um, in Fox on the Hill in Camberwell and you came up to me and my friend Connor and you said hey would you guys mind like participating in my project and we were like yeah man what, what is it what's going on and you explained the concept of what I now know is people journal right and you asked us to write down a story about anything on a tiny bit of paper just anonymously yeah and that was our contribution yeah how the hell did you start doing that um <laughs> do you know what it actually started as um as a commission by the barbican center um it was a mechanism in a performance so the barbican have an open fest an open festival they do like every year um, and when I was at Guildhall School of Music and Drama, um, our class was roped into it. And um, this is like, just to tell this story, there has to be so much context. Um, how much do you know about the Square Mile, the, the city of London? See, I, I imagine not much. Yeah, most people don't know, but um, so like, it's a really unique place, right? It governs itself. Mm. Like the royal family, I was gonna say the queen, but that time has passed. Um, the king and his peeps have no jurisdiction there. <laughs> really? <laughs> they have no jurisdiction <laughs> in the square mile of London. And that's what like? So that's like- That's like where the gherkin is. Or is that where the bank is? That's where the bank is. I love bank, it's yeah. by the area. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's gorgeous right yeah um so that place is ran by the and I, i'm gonna get this right the corporation of the city of london okay yeah um which has its own mayor its own rules its own uh system of governance um and it's also where i went to university where I did my undergrad and it's also where the Barbican is. Mm. Um, so about 200 years ago, that was the financial capital of uh, Europe, which made it the financial capital of the world. Mm. It might be a bit longer than 200 years. I'm, I'm not a historian. I'm just an artist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, don't, don't quote me on that, like straight up. Um, but either way, a few years ago, it was the financial capital of Europe and subsequently the world. Um, and I'm always kind of fascinated by the history of that place and by the fact that nobody really knows that. Mm. And like, it's, it's its own identity, right? It's like Monaco, but it's, it's like right there. Yeah. It's like right there. Yeah. Um, did you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was fascinated by that. And the idea for this commission was to devise a series of performances for the Barbican's High Walk. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know how well you know that area, but by the Barbican Centre, behind it, I was going to say in front, but it's really behind, there is a Barbican Estate and there's like a 
a couple artificial uh, ponds mm-hmm. um, and then there's the estates and the estates stretch onwards to Museum of London but mm-hmm. they're really in the sky mm-hmm. right, right they're built above ground mm-hmm. and you can walk them and um, and we had to do performances for that area that walkable zone um, and I thought how interesting would it be if instead of exchanging money which is what's native to the dna of that area we exchange stories because that's really my dna that's my lifeblood right even historically i come from cultures where oral history is like very important um and storytelling is just something we do um so yeah i i thought about this really kind of like almost like bonus mechanism as part of this performance i was like oh wouldn't it be cool if people like come here and they like write stories real quick on this like little piece of paper and then they put it in my fanny pack <laughs> and then i tell them a story or a poem from my notebook i just recite it like the freaking poet i am um <laughs> and that's what i did because i was i was backed up by a lot of people um shout out to the lead artist on that project andy field who was one of the first people to convince me that actually jamal that's a really good idea and it has a solid basis um and then um after the festival and performing about i must have performed like at least 10 times to big groups small groups individuals couples um I went home, I was on the 42 bus from um, from Liverpool Street mm-hmm. to, interestingly, to Delmark Hill, yeah. Fox and the Hill. That's I got off one stop after to get home. I know the bus well. Right, right. <laughs> 42. And um, yeah, and and I just thought like, oh, it'll be cool to check out these stories. <laughs> and, yeah. And I opened it, I had about 30 or so anonymous handwritten stories and I was like, these are hilarious, original, concise, heartfelt, heartbreaking, mm-hmm. magical, um, filled with so much about love and loss. And like, I just knew, honestly, on the 42, I remember it sounds so cliche, but I really was like, this has to be my life's work. <laughs> it's like, this just has to be the thing. Like, how could I? How, how could I think that the thing I was really doing was performing? Like, no, it, it, was, it was leading up to this. Yeah. It was giving people a platform for their voices and their stories and their memories that excites me. So yeah, long, long-winded, but it started with a commission. Yeah. Um, uh, I was blown away by the initial response. Um, and then I was like, I'm gonna carry this on. And then I got a bit obsessive. And then I started doing it everywhere I went. And it, it actually became a problem. A lot really? of my, yeah, especially in Fox. Um, my friends and I have been going to Fox every Wednesday for like the last seven years. It, it's like the one tradition we, well, we have two. That and New Year's Eve, we always spend them together. Obviously, we don't make every Wednesday. Um, but there was, there was a good year and a half where I would be at Fox and I would just be collecting stories and my friends hated it. Interesting. They hated it. They were like, you never spend time with us, Jan. What's going on? And I'm like, but guys, have you seen these? I mean, they are incredible. Like, I just, as someone with an art background as well, like, it's such a true piece. Like, you're getting 
everything from someone when they give that to you, right? You're getting their their handwriting, you're getting what they've chosen to say in the moment, and you know, they're holding the paper, they're writing it down, they use that, I don't know, like, it's so personal. Yeah. And it's so interesting to see what comes to people's minds yeah. first. Yeah. And it must be, usually I assume it's what's on the forefront of people's minds. I mean, I will say that my, the one that I gave was probably not on the forefront of my, That's what I was about to mine say. and Connor's mind. <laughs> but I feel like if you'd come up to me when I was on, on my own, something I probably would have put down would have been, you know, whatever, whatever's like bugging me at the time, right? Like, yeah, yeah, vastly different, right? And something that I find interesting about it is the act of journaling for people is like very therapeutic, mm. right? Like, do you feel like you're kind of helping people in a way yeah. get in touch with their feelings, right? I hope so. Honestly, like during that obsessive period, because I've kind of calmed down, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit more tame now. You can take me out to a restaurant without me going up to strangers like, hey, fancy writing. Like, <laughs> um, but during the period where I was obsessive, I was always asking people like, how did you find it? because I was convinced that I was providing a cathartic experience. Mm -hmm. Like I was convinced that you will write on this little bit of recycled cotton cloth and you will come away feeling lighter, you know, like buoyant, bouncing, ready to take on the world. Um, and yeah, like actually a lot of people have told me like they felt like they had healed something or a lot of the answers are the same. like. I feel lighter, that was so healing, I feel like I let go of something, um, I haven't written in years, um, wow, like, thanks for that, that's so simple, but, yeah, like, just never would have thought about doing that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people tell me they might start writing after writing on that little piece of paper, and I'm like, wow, like, this is kind of a byproduct of, like, I don't want to say like what started off as a selfish piece of work because that's not quite it but it's like just before right because it mm -hmm. was for a commissioned performance mm -hmm. like it was about Jamel the artist yeah. come and help him <laughs> you know now now I'm hopefully making other people artists yeah yeah I mean like for me journaling is like the most important thing mm. I do to like maintain your sanity pretty much yeah, yeah. like yeah, pretty same. much <laughs> I, I know if i if i feel myself like going off the rails a bit i'm like i need to write some stuff down same. and i never really understood that until probably like the last couple years mm. before that i didn't really get it and when people said they journaled i was like okay loser like <laughs> you must have a lot of time on your hands <laughs> And now look at you like, making time to journal. Literally, and scribble now, your silly thoughts. Genuinely, now I have to set aside like five ten minutes before bedtime if I'm mm, going through it. Not yeah. every day, but if I'm going through it, I know that like journaling, mm. writing, whatever it might be. I actually started writing poetry when I was in New York. Oh, amazing! I spent the summer. When were you there? Yeah, I spent the summer there this summer. Amazing. Um, and whenever I had something super pressing on my mind that like writing about it just wouldn't help mm. i think as a naturally like arty person trying to do like creative writing about it i don't know like there's something about writing that's mm. just so i don't know so uniquely one's own like mm. it's just very much like yeah. your own thing and i don't know it's very it's it's deeply personal mm. yeah and do you know um I think 
especially because with this project, people are writing anonymous things, right? So they tend to really, as you said, give a lot of themselves. People are very generous um, about what they're sharing. And um, I think it has helped me realize how intimate it is to actually write. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an intimate sharing that I receive when people are like, oh, here's a thing. And for some people, it's just, you know, whatever. Yeah. And for other people, it's like, come with your life. <laughs> God, it's so precious. It's a slice of my soul. <laughs> but in either case, I think you kind of have to treat it as if it is precious regardless. Mm-hmm. Because it is an intimate act. Like, people are giving me their inner world. Mm-hmm. Like, that's insane. I'm literally looking at people's journal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, like, literally the most personal thing. Yeah, it's, like, so personal, isn't it? Switching gears a little bit, how did you become an artist? Because that's like... I was born this way. No, I'm joking. But, but <laughs> honestly, I think a lot of people feel that way. And like, they're like, doesn't... like I have a lot of very artistic friends mm. who are stuck in jobs that are not mm. very artistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they, they feel like they can't break away from it. They feel like they're not going to be able to support themselves. They yeah. have no idea how to get into what they're passionate about. Yeah. I include myself in this as well. Mm. Like, mm. I don't really know how to get into, into that world necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it's always something that has been on my mind. Mm. But I, I don't know, like, give you're not really given it as an option at school. Mm. Um, and most people without a push don't mm. know how to get into it. Yeah. What, what, what happened with you? Um, so a few things. Uh, one, I wanted to be a doctor when I was growing up. Um, and I'm also Nigerian, so I bet you can imagine my family were very pleased. <laughs> Um, that is important context and we will circle back to that Um, two uh, when I realised I wasn't going to be a doctor and I was picking my GCSEs um, I was actually I was actually in the first year and the first school that was trialling BTECs um, and one of the brand new BTECs that had just been released was called Creative and Media. And so, like, at, from like, what, how old is GCSE? Like, 13 to like yeah. 15? From 13 to 15, I was just focused on Creative and Media. Like, I was just focused on creating. And at the time, because we were the first school nationally to roll it out, they didn't know what they were doing. So we did everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to freaking Saatchi and Saatchi to do workshops. Are you from London? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and raised. Um, I did workshops at, like, the Globe Theatre, Unicorn Theatre. Like, we half of half of that experience was just school trips because mm-hmm. they were like, you guys just got to be aware of what's going on in the creative industry because we don't really know what to teach you, but we can show you. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, like half of it was just going to the theatre, going to different exhibitions, meeting people at advertising agencies, doing work experience with them, and like that's kind of my life now. Like yeah. not much has changed. Um, Interestingly, I now work at the theatre I first devised work at, 
at a GCSE level, Theatre Peckham. Like, I, I actually have a job there now. Mm. Crazy. Very full circle. Um, but, like, kind of more more to your point of, like, because in, in my mind, I, I split up what you was asking from this, like, really narrative, how did I become an artist, and this really functional, like, how do I be an artist? Because I saw like two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to close this tab, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, when I figured out that probably wasn't going to be the thing um, I do, I was like, okay, let me just at least get better at creative stuff with creative and media. And at the time, I was still doing sciences and math. So I, I like, the the doctor path was still there, mm. but it was just very roundabout. It was like I'm not going to do triple freaking science or something. Like it, it just seems so unnecessary. Like I've clearly not got the academic mind for that as well. Yeah. Like at least I hadn't at the time. Um, and um, I come from a really um, artistic family. My dad uh, was is a musician. Um, my mother was an athlete and an actor, so like they've always been aware of these other roots, right? But for them, it wasn't really a viable choice. So when it came to my turn, and I was like, mm, not really sure about this doctor thing, but hey, look at all this other stuff I'm mm-hmm. doing. They really weren't trying to hear it, but eventually, once I showed them a couple of things I was doing, they were like, okay, maybe. Yeah, like maybe. Did you did you want to be a doctor? Yeah, no, I, I you, you I, genuinely I still, really wanted. Yeah, still, still would if I could if I if I could like if I could just figure it out now, I'd probably still go into medicine. Um, That's so interesting. <laughs> they are so different. No, but no, but this is the thing, and this is why I bring it up, and this this is why I say we'll circle back. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to help people. Like, <laughs> I can tell. Just, just want to help people heal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I also have a, a disease, a hemoglobin disease, a blood disease. Um, so when I was younger, I spent a lot of time in hospitals. And that meant that I spent a lot of time talking to people, reading and writing mm-hmm. and playing games. That's all I did mm-hmm. as a child in hospital. Um, and I would like talk to adults and elderly people. And I was just like chatting like, yeah. hey, what's up, man? <laughs> Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to heal people. But but more practically, sorry, because that, I'm going to close that tab. More practically, how did this happen? Yeah. Um, with a lot of pain, perseverance, trials, tribulation. Like, I didn't, I don't really know you can make money from being an artist or a creative until people started to offer to pay me money. Um, and then I would say like, Literally right now, I feel like I've just closed a circle of 10 years of learning mm-hmm. where I'm now kind of comfortable being like, okay, now I know how to price myself and I know how to make a pitch and I know how to offer labor and services and like, what can we build with this knowledge? Um, so yeah, more practically, I think there's a big part about just putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and also about creating. like. Like, I recently did a poetry project with the Victorian Albert Museum. Um, but had I not started writing when I was like 17, just to like express my teenage angst, that never would have been something that 
someone recommended me for. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, because I literally got a message on WhatsApp one day, like, oh, Jam, you write poetry. You're a guy. A guy for this. <laughs> that was all it was. Yeah. And it, now I'm still doing stuff for the VMA. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, everything that comes from life always comes from other people. Mm -hmm. Do you find that? Like, yeah. Has that been Often. a big part of your. Often. Job. And I, I think. I think 50% other people, 50% like creating the opportunity yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah, like, Jesus, man, the countless people I can think of that have helped me in terms of like, bringing me opportunities, bringing me the opportunity to either earn money through my craft or develop my craft further or um, explore something I might not know that I'm interested in, mm -hmm. but I feel curious about. Um, or even just giving me the opportunity to like learn from them. Mm. Like, you know, giving me time to sit down with them and have a coffee and like have a chat and figure out like what are they doing and how could I do something similar? Like, and then the other half has just been like ruthless ambition, just deciding like, I'm gonna do this thing, so let's do it. And then often other people help you connect the dots with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, I wanna make, I wanna do this performance, like, you know, we, you know, the paper it was on didn't start off like that. It was on post-it notes yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and there were other artists with more experience that helped me iterate that, that helped me understand that like, actually this part of the process is important. So it can't just be a post-it note because it doesn't feel valuable, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we get to a material that feels valuable? Um, and, and yeah, like just, those moments of like actual mentorship um that have come in response to that that ambition um and then just come out with more ambition like you know walking away and being like oh my god we have stories wow and then being like i want to exhibit these mm -hmm. you know three exhibitions later i'm like i'm gonna make a book you know what i mean three prototypes later yeah. now i'm like okay i want to launch a book and now people are hitting me up like, yo, like, if you want to do your book launch at our offices, come. Like, let's do it. And I'm like, oh, sick. So can I do a book tour? You know, like, let's do it. I love this so much. Like, where do you think you said, you think you said ruthless ambition. Mm, where, ruthless. Where do you think that's come from? Do you think that's something you've always had? Do you um, work at it? And do you always manage to achieve what you want because I find like the thing is that I you know I think a lot of people are super motivated super uh, ambitious for a time and then they get knocked back or they find out the thing is a bit harder yeah. than they're expecting yeah. what 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 does that look like for you when you go through that kind of um thing? I kind of want to say, um, and like, this is from me to you, not even me to your audience, me to you. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, if you want to do anything as, I mean, probably as any role, as any job, as any craft, as any discipline, all you need is discipline. Mm -hmm. Like, like, and I think that's actually what separates like amateurs from professionals. Do you know what I mean? Like yes like this thing is so hard yes i face rejection so often <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah. even even the prospect of going up to strangers and asking them hey would you write something for me yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm kind of immune to rejection now because of it. Because it's like, I've had a million no's. Like, what does a no mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, like, none of that matters in the face of actual discipline. Like, if I, like, I can actually tell you some of my disciplines. Like, um, my morning routine is to wake, <laughs> hydrate, write, read, and watch. Mm-hmm. If I do those five things, as I've gotten up, I know today's going to be a great day. You're sparking joy in my heart. <laughs> a morning <Honestly>. routine <laughs> is like my, that's my fucking shit. I'm like, right? <gasps> like if I, I have been slacking on my morning routines this week. Like I've had a few late nights and mm. a few whatever. And it be like that. Yeah, and, but I feel it, right? Yeah. Like, this morning, I, I mean, I went out last night and I got up late mm. this morning and mm. I didn't get to go up. For me, it's like going out, hy- hydrating, obviously, yeah. immediately when I wake up. Yeah. And then I like to get outside within like 15 minutes. Mm. That's really my healthy. Eyes opening. Yeah, yeah. But. I'm going to be like you. <laughs> but if I wake up too late, I don't have time yeah. or like, I feel like I've wasted it because it's not like early enough i yeah. think it's so stupid but like no i really did that do you know the thing is though um i obviously obviously that happens right mm. obviously we're not perfect obviously we're not machines but even and even today i can attest to that as well like i woke up i did hydrate i didn't write i still haven't mm. um have i read no, it's at, like your freaking office's little brochure and like I have something called a morning formula. I've, I've read most of that. Um, have I watched? I actually have watched something that's spot joy. Mm-hmm. I watched some anime, watched some Hunter x Hunter. So my thing is, if I write and read today, then today is successful. Yeah. And that's, I've just got to do that before I go to bed. Obviously it's like ideal for me to do it in the morning, but like, if I don't do it in the morning, I can't let that failure carry over, right? Like, I, I have to just complete it, just finish it. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest, like, lessons most people will take away, like, the importance of finishing something. Like, done is much better than perfect. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, and to your question as well, like, how does that look for me? I feel like, like recently I, one of my friends is an amazing musician. He signed to an incredible record label. Um, I pitched to direct a music video. I directed the music video. I shot it all on film. Um, I overcame hurdles people dropped out, people that I casted, like canceled last minute. Um, you know, I was devastated. My friends helped in response. Um, we freaking delivered a music video, like with not very much budget or time. The label decided, actually, we don't want this. Mm-hmm. And I'm, now I'm like, damn, like, what? Like, you don't want my art? Like, oh my God, that's crushing. What am I gonna do? Like, oh my God. Like, all these voices start to come up, right? 
you just continue. <laughs> it's like, that's it. Like, just keep moving. Like, you know, I didn't allow myself. I couldn't. It's not even I didn't. I couldn't allow myself to stop and to be paralyzed by that failure. Because while it's not really a failure, it's just a point of learning. Like, I've, mm-hmm. I've had takeaways from that. Like, maybe next time, Jamal, make something that's a bit more suited to the client rather than, like, what you think is, like, amazing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe next time, um, don't spend so much of a budget just so you can shoot everything on film yeah and like and maybe you know put in a bit of budget for people you're trying to cost rather than asking them to do favors and maybe who knows they won't drop out in the first place mm-hmm. right um so yeah it's just something to learn from and then more importantly just continue mm-hmm. what's next what are we doing yeah i mean i i agree i agree with what you say it's so easy to say it it's so hard to do it, right? Like, I, I, I do totally agree. The only thing you can do is just keep going. But in the moment when you're feeling like you've got your feelings hurt and yeah. someone said, yeah. we don't want that, or we don't want you, like, mm-hmm. it's tough. you know, you lose a job or you don't get the job you mm-hmm. wanted or mm-hmm. something like that. It can be anything, like even like personal rejection, like mm. getting dumped or something, you know, yeah. like those things are so hard to, like bounce back from mm. what do you do like life goes on you just have to yeah right continue. Like, um i was talking to my best friend the other day and he's like um he's he's just like he's like me if i was super introverted mm-hmm. but like you know yeah like he's really funny um but he he was talking about exactly this like how do we continue in the moments when we feel that we can't and I was like, yo, do you remember, I think it was like Rick Owens for ID magazine in like 2007 or something, he was interviewed and all of his answers were just continuing, continuity, like continue, apparently can't speak anymore, but that was it. Like, it was like, it was like, what keeps you motivated? Continuing. What do you get up for? Continuing. Like, how do you stay inspired? Continuing. Like, it's all the same answer. You just continue. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, and, and that's why I call it ruthless ambition. Yeah. Because it's like, unfortunately, I can't be stopped. And it is unfortunate because sometimes I'd like to be stopped. I'd like to freaking break down and cry and not continue. But guess what we got to do? Continue. <laughs> You're so right though, you're so right. And I feel like a lot of people probably needed to hear that, like me included. It's just, it's just so easy to like forget it, right? Mm. Like when you're getting like hit back, but there's actually no other option either. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's the joke. I remember the thing is like, if you're defeated on some like, woe is me type shit, like life goes on around you it's like such a depressing reality yeah. it's like it's like you can be sad but guess what honey the world it keeps on spinning no one cares, no one cares. <laughs> just continue yeah and it's one of them it's one of them times that you have to realize like you know you're not the only person in the world like mm. and that hits hard sometimes do because everyone is obviously like everyone's in their own head like and you got to put yourself out of there sometimes and dude i'm a leo i literally <laughs> think the world revolves around me <laughs> yeah like but yeah it doesn't it was a harsh reality for me too when mm. i when i realized it and i mean i forget it all the time like i think most people do because it's hard not to at the end of the day your your world revolves around you yeah and 
as it should, in my opinion. Like, I don't think you should be putting anything or anyone mm, above yourself, yourself, right? Like, yeah. because you can't take care of anything or anyone if you're not taking care of yourself, right? Like, it's just how, how, how it goes, I think, but... I agree. And you reminded me of something as well, like, um, I think that's why it's important if you're able, if you're that way inclined, to make something that serves you while also serving others. Mm. Um, because then it's in your self-interest to make sure that thing succeeds. But in making sure that thing succeeds, you also help improve other people's lives, right? Or experiences. Um, one of my mantras is um, improving myself improves the world, improving the world improves myself. So it's like, you know, we're constantly in this like beautiful flowchart of improvement. Mm -hmm. Like, and hopefully something I do to help you helps me, mm -hmm. right? And, and vice versa. So yeah, I just, I think it's important to consider how serving you can serve someone else. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. And I mean, I, I resonate with that because I've had multiple friends, like everyone is, I have a lot of friends that are founders and they're all obsessed with the idea of me starting my own business. And they come up with like millions of ideas of what I could possibly be doing for this imaginary business. And the issue is like, they're like, oh, this is so good. Like, this is going to help like this person. We're going to solve this problem with this. And I'm like, that's great. It's not going to serve me though. Like doing your like idea is not going to serve me. And that's the, re that's the reason that none of these like multi-billion <laughs> mm. businesses <laughs> have become realities yet. Cause I'm like, no, like I just know it would, would not work. Cause mm. I wouldn't care enough about it. Like it's not, it's not what I'm really passionate about. And mm. unfortunately, someone that ca I can't do things if I don't care like 1000% about them. Yeah. Like I can't put energy into things that don't like make me really excited. Mm. And I, I'm not like, obviously I put energy into all sorts of different things, mm -hmm. but I feel like you can find that energy in, in lots of different things. Yeah. Like, but I even was saying to my boss today, like, I'm very, very transparent with, he's going to be listening to this. <laughs> I think he's going to be like me. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm just like completely honest with everyone as mm. well. Like that's another, another thing that I think is important. And I was like, look, like this thing that I'm doing right now is not working because to be like completely blunt with you, I don't like doing it and I can't force myself to like doing it because that is just... I can't make myself want to be better at it because I don't give a shit about it. And he was like, okay, yeah, I get it. Mm. Like, thanks for telling me mm. vibes. I mean, I'm not saying everyone should say that to their bosses because mm. I don't think everyone's yeah, responsible maybe, the same. <laughs> yeah, maybe but, an occupational hazard. Yeah, but I don't know, like... I get what you mean though, because like the thing you're interested in or the thing you're doing has to be sustainable, mm. right? Like it, like, you have to want to continue yeah right like it's it's easy to say continue continue but like you have to want mm. at first to continue in this direction mm. right um do you know what though I, I think hearing you say that 
it reminds me that there's no shame in course correcting, right? Like a plane in flight from A to B landing to LAX, do you know how many times it course corrects? It's like an incredible, incalculable amount. Really? Yeah, like they don't just stay on course. Like they get deviated by so many things, winds and human error and mm. I don't know whatever else because I'm not a pilot, but I know they do. <laughs> and I think people are very much the same. Like I know from my own experience, like, I mean, truth be told, like, if if I was, like, a machine working from A to B, I think I would have released a book of stories a long time ago mm-hmm. because I've been moved to at different moments, mm-hmm. right? And I wanted to sustain that practice. Um, but there have been times where I'm not in love with that idea or there are times when I'm just in love with another idea or sometimes I'm not in love with an idea and I'm in love with going out and partying every freaking weekend. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm in love with, like, my most recent thing is knitting and pottery. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes that's what I want to do. Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes I just want to travel or make food. I, I, sorry, all of that is to say, (laughs) all of that is to say, just course correct, right? Like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if this direction I'm going in is 100% the thing that resonates with me. And that's like a generational curse, right? Yeah. We want to be 100% moved and in love and committed to the thing we're on. Yeah. That's like a generational thing. Like, you know, boomers don't have that. Boomers are just like, nobody likes their job. What what do you mean? Like, we're like, no. Like, what do you mean? Like, I have to love my job. Like, and no one making an impact. So if I'm not 100% on the right path, maybe I can just adjust a little bit until it feels like I am. Mm-hmm. And even after I've adjusted, maybe I could do some more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just trying to shit out. Like, we're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might yeah, as well yeah, just no. try some stuff. Fully with you. And like, that, that's what hurts me is when I see people like getting into jobs and then they stay there for like 20 years or something. But what if that is their path? Like, you know, and- But if they're I, not happy, like- but This is what I was gonna say. Um. People have capacity for different things, right? Um, a really easy example that people often understand right away is pain. Mm-hmm. My pain tolerance and your pain tolerance could be vastly different, right? Um, in a similar sense, people have different thresholds for um, how much they can and cannot tolerate at work, um, how much they can or cannot pursue their dreams, um, how much they can or cannot um, like remain quiet in the face of injustice, you know, all sorts of stuff. If someone's working in the same job for 20 years and you look at that and you go, in what fucking world? That just means you don't have a tolerance for that. You don't have a, a threshold, a high threshold for that. But their threshold for that may be extremely high, Where whereas their threshold for for um for instability at the home or uncertainty their threshold for those things might be very low so it's all about figuring out what you can and cannot mm-hmm. take do you know what i mean like yeah. and that's a big part of how i've navigated being an artist like i was very comfortable with you know some of my friends were getting like 
amazing jobs straight out of uni and I was like trying to write a script to get like freaking make this short film happen do you know what I mean like and that meant I had to stay at my parents longer than my peers mm. but that's something I have a higher threshold for because I know what I'm in pursuit of and some of my friends might just be in pursuit of stability but I'm in pursuit of greatness I want to heal billions of people I don't think you do that by just playing it safe mm. Or maybe you do. Maybe maybe I shouldn't be a doctor this whole time. Who, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. That was really interesting to me because I've never heard someone break it down like that. And it's something that takes up a lot of my mental space right now is weighing up like the need for... I don't have a very high need for stability. Mm. Like I've realised, I thought I did mm. until I quit my job. Mm-hmm. like a few months ago and moved to New York for a couple months and then mm-hmm. I was like okay obviously this isn't as important to me as I thought it was because mm-hmm. here we are um but what I've struggled with is like comparing myself with other people who like like you said you had your mates that were like getting great jobs and like you know the longer you stick at something the more you progress the more you progress in it yeah. whereas I'm here course correcting mm. 24-7 mm. and when you're doing that a lot it means you're not yeah you're not moving forward at as the quickly. same rate yeah yeah exactly. and i think that's where it sort of cuts a little bit mm. and where where it hurts because it's mm. like oh shit like that makes sense everyone else is like speeding ahead yeah but G- i'm like just chilling <laughs> yeah just 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 vibing, <laughs> just vibing. i'm just head of vibes yeah, um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> head vibes officer um you know i think and I've, I've said this to so many people, um, you just need a vision. Because those things hurt comparably. Mm. Like when you don't know what the tolerance is happening for. Does that make sense? Like mm. those words might be confusing in that sequence. What I mean is like you need to have a vision, you need to have an idea or an ideal of where you're headed so that everything you do, even the setbacks you have, you know it's in pursuit of that that ideal, mm. that direction. Um, and if you have that, if you know you're going towards that mark, then any other um, any other comparison starts to lose its strength and significance because you know these people are literally not going for the same feats you're going for right like i was aware that some of my friends were getting employed and doing what i call normie stuff like it's just normie (laughs) stuff but i'm not fucking trying to be normal i'm trying to be extraordinary yeah i'm i'm actually in pursuit of something far different Mm -hmm. which means that at some point i'm gonna have to sacrifice some stuff Mm -hmm. because that is the circumstances that I was born into. That's the context of, of this human experience. You know what I mean? If you want to be warm, you've got to give up being cold. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you want to see the sunrise, maybe you should get to sleep early. Mm. Yeah, it's the whole thing of saying yes to something and saying no to something else. Right? And and I I, I think that's even more of a case when you want it to be sustainable like that's why i say like if you want to see the sunrise you have to go to bed early because mm-hmm. most people go if i want to see the sunrise 
fuck, I'm staying awake to see the sunrise. <laughs> what do you mean? But I'm like, well, no, like, because imagine, like, I'm trying to see the sunrise 365 days a year. Do you know what I mean? Like, that means I've got to make sure this shit is sustainable, yeah. bro. I can't be burnt out on my seventh sunrise yeah. thinking, like, rah, like, I really miss sleep, bro. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, it's not just, turn on these days. <laughs> It just doesn't work. And then, and then I've got to go to work after the sunrise, I can't even go to sleep. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't work. So if you want it to be sustainable, you have to figure out what are you sacrificing and in pursuit of, of what? There's no point in just sacrificing just to sacrifice. Like, yeah. what, what's your target? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm figuring out. Mm. Genuinely, that's what I'm... That's what I'm figuring out doing all of this looping and correcting how are you figuring out i don't know okay um have you ever considered making a list sorry this is like now me just getting into like coach mode oh, but like no 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 i'm literally like publicly coach me <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I don't i'm mind. like have you this is something actually um susan mclean uh uh suzanne i don't want to say susan um artistic director of Theatre Peckham made me do recently. Mm-hmm. She made me list all the things that people say I'm good at, right? All of the things on one page. Mm-hmm. Um, for context, I always carry around a Muji notebook. Muji sponsor me. <laughs> um, and on the other page, she made me list all of the things I think I'm good at, yeah? Mm-hmm. This is what you're going to have to do. I'm going to do it. Good, please do. I'm going to do it this weekend. Please, I'm going to text you, right? Yeah, yeah, please. Yo, bitch. Yeah, Did please. you do it? Accountability word word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then she made me list um, uh, the the overlap. Oh, no, 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 sorry, sorry. No, she didn't. Then she made me list all of the things I do in my free time. Like, so if ever you have a free day and you can do anything, what are the things you actually do? Um, and then she just started asking me questions about it. But the questions were like, okay, so, um, like, people think you're good at writing. Why do you not think you're good at writing? Mm-hmm. You know, people think you're really good at acting, but you didn't even list acting in either mm. list right and it's just to understand like how are you perceived mm. how do you perceive yourself how are you spending your own time and where do those things start to match up because chances are if you do that in a public realm you'll be really good at it you'll accelerate really fast because people expect you to anyway yeah you know yeah i just the reason i'm saying that is because it's like you you need to figure out like you need to have a roadmap. like there's no other way to say it like like a lot of young people and i still claim being young <laughs> a lot of young people like us how old are you young enough <laughs> a lot of young people like us um they um they they complain about feeling lost right we've all done this and I think that's just because we don't take inventory. We don't answer right questions. Like, and we often ask other people questions, but we're not answering ourselves questions. Like, how do you find your way out of a freaking desert if you don't know what direction you need to travel in? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your north star? 
Like, what's the thing that you constantly keep moving towards? Like, I, I have three North Stars. I want to make a publication, which is how you know me. <laughs> I want to make a school and I want to make a museum. Those are things I want to do in my life. So I know if the thing I'm doing right now is in service of that or not, then I might have to reconsider. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I might have to say no so I can say yes elsewhere to something that helps me. So like, what are your more stars? Like, what do you even want to do? What do you care about? Mm-hmm. Like, could you tell me the causes you care about right now? Like your top three causes, you know? Yeah, probably not. But I'm also like the worst person when I'm put on the spot. Like which which is which is fair. But the thing <laughs> is, when you know these things, as in when you've written them a bunch of times in a bunch of different contexts, yeah. and what you thought about them, chances are you're never put on the spot again mm. because you know. Do you know? It's, it's just accumulate yeah. self knowledge because yeah. it will help you navigate this world. So, question about this exercise because mm-hmm. I feel like people are gonna do it. I think other people are gonna do it. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Let me know if you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, but did you did you actually ask other people what what, what do you think what, I'm good at? Um, I asked one person. Okay, because um, I'm like I I don't like I'd have to ask I'd have to ask because I don't know what I f- anyone would say. That's interesting. I think you should ask. I think I did not have to ask because a lot of my work is in the public domain. Yeah, and so I receive a lot of unsolicited feedback. <laughs> A lot of people tell me their opinions about me without me asking. Yeah. <laughs> Good and bad. You know? um, so I didn't have to ask, but that's just the, the nature of the industry. Mm. But yeah, if I wasn't in that industry, I would probably have to ask and I would have asked more than one person. Okay. Um, but, but before you ask, if you're going to do it your way, like researching, before you ask, guess what you think you're good at? Mm. Because yeah. most importantly, it's not about other people, it's about you. Yeah. It's about self-knowledge, knowledge of self. Mm. Yeah, self-awareness is something that I'm always working on. Like it's something that I'm always actively trying with, and but it's such a journey. Like, mm. And I think my like emotional self-awareness has grown a lot mm-hmm. in the last year. But my, but this side of things, you know, the more like, intrinsically like Mm. existential crisis invoking stuff Mm -hmm. has got significantly worse Interesting. probably because Mm. I think you can't have one without the other right Mm -hmm. I think you need to tackle both Mm -hmm. and I think I needed this conversation Mm. in order to kick me into gear so thank you you're welcome I always end these episodes with the same two questions Mm -hmm. and I think you're gonna bang with this one I think you're gonna love this one I think this is gonna be fireworks what is one thing that you do every day every week whatever however often you have to do it in order to either keep yourself on track or get yourself out of a funk something you do that makes you feel good every time Joe it's like easy like yeah I, I should say I feel like sometimes I notice like tension like right here like in my head, I'm like, why do I feel so pressed? Like, oh, why does she just make me so mad? Like, what's going on? I'm like, I haven't written in two days. <laughs> <laughs> two days. <laughs> two days. It's not even long. Do you know yeah, what I mean? But like, yeah. genuinely, like, journal. I'm trying to think what else I do. Um, 
journal and also I have to do I don't know if I do it every day actually ideally I do but sometimes there's not time for it um but like I need to do something to like totally switch my brain off like so for me it's like video games like Nintendo Switch bam like let's go like let me play Legend of Zelda for like an hour you know what I mean like totally disengage my brain from from all of the connections it's always trying to form um but yeah, like I, I think that's like up there just as much as journal. Mm. Like I have to do that thing that sparks joy and turns me off at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like watch anime or play video games. I love that. I love that answer. The other question that I always ask is, who do you look at and think, God, I wish I was you? Pharrell mm. oh, Williams. We've not had Pharrell yet. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, Pharrell Williams. Um, I mean, freaking musical genius, freaking mogul mm. of just creative exploit, like just mm. pure joy. Like yeah. Pharrell has done everything cool there is to do. Like being in Vogue. Yep. I was gonna say like just swag. To be yeah, there. do you know what I mean? Like- just like, just <laughs> like entire existence yeah. tripping like like had a freaking collab with chanel yeah done yeah. that do you know what i mean mm. like for like worked with every wonderful musician like yeah. amazing businessman like yo pharrell has done and sorry and he's like married with children this is what, no this is what scandals I- <laughs> He's not in the club. Like yeah. I ain't never seen no pa- paparazzi shots of him freaking f- doing up fisty cups with someone. Like for real, whatever Pharrell was doing, yeah, I want to be on that shit. Because I'm telling you, he's doing it right. It's when you see someone that has like, you're like, what area of your life don't you have together? Because I can't figure it out. <laughs> that is, I aspire to be that mysterious. Like, people looking at me like, but where are you fucking up? And I'm like. <laughs> I'm really happy. <laughs> Just enjoying myself, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. Thanks for actually answering the question. Not everyone answers it. People swear that one all the time. Really? Yeah. No, for real, man. No. For Easy. Real. Oh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Do we end with a hug? Yeah, we can end with a hug. The last thing, though, if people want to check out your work, where should they go? I think there's a few places, right? Yeah. Um. I will just say my Instagram, mm-hmm. first son of soil, mm-hmm. before you ask, it means black boy. It's from a Dinez Smith poem called Ultimate Games for Black Boys. Um, and Dinez signed the book I have, it's like, hey, first son of soil, keep on, keep it on. Sorry, <clears throat> um, but yeah, sorry, Instagram, and I say that because I just kind of use it as a notice board. Mm-hmm. Um, often it will have other links and yeah, different places. I've started a business recently, so maybe maybe that'll be linked soon. Stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, Instagram. Thank you so much for coming back for another week and listening to another episode with me. It makes me extremely happy. If you enjoyed it, which I'm assuming you did because you stayed till the end, um, please make sure you're following on whatever you're listening on, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. 
and leave a little five star review. It makes me very, very, very happy. Thank you. And I'll see you next week. Bye.